Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder, a show that gives you some knowledge and insight into the potential success of your career or business, no matter what part of the employment spectrum you fall on. With localjobnetwork.com radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. When we talk about leadership, there are often tangible aspects we associate with our leaders, but the intangibles also play a big role and are many times difficult to definitively explain and assess. For this show, we're exploring charisma, what it is, what it looks like, how it applies to leadership. Ron Riggio, Ph.D., joins us from the Kravis Leadership Institute at Claremont McKenna College in California. Ron is the Professor of Leadership and Organizational Psychology. He's also a regular contributor to Psychology Today, where I first came across his work, and a semi-regular guest with us. Ron, thanks once again for coming on with us. Thanks for having me on, Tim. Before we get into the idea of charisma, uh, just to give people an idea of what your role is over there and, and kind of the idea of the Institute and what you uh, try to accomplish over there with, with some of the, the goals and missions you guys have, if you could ex- explain that a little bit for the listeners. Sure. Well, we try to do two things. We are uh, the Leadership Development Center here at Claremont McKenna College. So our main goal is to develop our students in leadership, both at an academic way. So we have a, uh, essentially a minor in leadership studies but also work on their personal leadership development so that when they they leave us and they go out into their careers, they're consistent with the mission of the college, which is about preparing leaders for uh, their life after college. Uh, The other thing is that we're a research institute and we try to do some cutting edge research. Um, One of the areas that we focus on is leadership development across the lifespan. And so we're one of the real centers that's giving uh, serious attention to that. But the other thing is uh, my colleague here, Jay Conger, and I both have studied charismatic leadership. So the topic today really fits with a couple of our experts. I'm one of the research faculty here, and Jay Conger, who's done a lot in charisma, is another faculty member. And, of course, that's perfect, and that's why we come to you with a lot of these questions and thoughts. And, and the idea of charisma is it's very intriguing, and as, as we talked about even before the show, how it maybe it's harder to find. And that's where I want to start with it, really, when talking about leadership – is there a way to really effectively define the idea of charisma? Well, that was a challenge that I took on about, gosh, I think it's been about 30 years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, when, we, when we started, um, we were actually just sort of studying what we call per, now personal charisma, not so much charisma and leadership, sure. but it was actually my interest in personal charisma that led me into leadership. But as a psychologist, I mean, one of the challenges that I took on was, you know, there's this idea that charisma is something magical and mystical, <laughs> and it's this divine gift, and that's part of the sort of classic definition of it. But what we did is tried to get it down to something that's definable and something that's measurable. And so essentially what I argue and what my research has shown is that, you know, a lot of charisma, although there are some personality elements and some inborn qualities, it's pretty much a developed hmm. ability to communicate. So charismatic individuals and charismatic leaders are just very brilliant and effective communicators. And so that's, that's what we really focus on. And my colleague Jay's work really focuses on what are the charismatic behaviors that leaders engage in that make them be perceived by their followers as charismatic, but also how do they influence and persuade people using the their charismatic skills. Right. And that's definitely something I, I think we will touch on a little bit later. When you talk about this, you know, you did mention how a lot of it's developed. It's not necessarily, uh, a lot of people think of it being more innate and just you have it or you don't. What are some of those traits that 
do exude that charisma or, or are evident of somebody having charisma? Well, I try to focus them. I mean, they're, I think they're partly traits and partly skills. And that skills are the sort of behavioral manifestations of traits. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we often talk about extroversion. So it's very rare that a charismatic individual is not an extrovert. Sure. Introverts tend to not be more charismatic in just a natural sense. But what we're finding is that it's really about emotional expressiveness. Hmm. Um, it's about your ability to convey your feelings to people. And so it's really that it's expressiveness and emotional expressiveness and that component of extroversion that's more strongly related to charisma. So that's a big part. And that was co- some of the early research where we discovered that emotionally expressive people tended to be more charismatic. And when we're talking about the idea of being charismatic and relating it to being a true leader in, in a way, is it necessary to have charisma to be a, a good leader, a great leader, or is it just one of those other skills or functions of, you know, okay, this person has charisma, is a great leader. This person doesn't have charisma, but they have all these other things that make them a leader. And where does that fall in as far as it being a necessity on some level? Charisma itself is not a necessity. So there are plenty of very successful leaders who are uh, not char- you know, not particularly charismatic. There's lots of introverts who are successful leaders. But so charismatic leadership is a form of leadership. But mm. here's the common element for all effective leaders. They've got to be good communicators. Okay. So charismatic leaders are really good at the emotional side of communication. They're really good at relationship building. That's their real strength. Non-charismatic leaders, though, to be effective, also have to be good communicators. They don't have to be the expressive, emotional, vivacious kinds of leaders, but they do have to be able to communicate. So the common thread for effective leadership is communication. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, too, and this idea of extrovert, introvert, because I, I had been looking into that sort of idea just in general um, you know, in the workplace, and I, I believe you had a, a, an article talking about that, too, about in, can introverts be leaders or, or why can't they be? Um, so I think that does play to it that it's just a different style, so to speak. So w- with that, this idea of maybe somebody having these traits or, or, or personalities or skills that seen as charismatic, um, you know, when we've talked before, the research shows in terms of leaders, a third of leaders are born, but two thirds are made. Where does that factor in with the charisma idea? I mean, does is there more people, are there more people that maybe have to learn that side of it? Like they may be extroverted. It doesn't necessarily automatically give them charisma. So has there any research shown where that sort of comes from or how you bring that out or how you discover it? Well, the, the research on uh, born versus made question really focuses on personality traits. But I would guess that that same equation, the one-third born, two-thirds made, relates to charisma. I mean, that hasn't actually been tested yet. Sure. But I would guess that you know, there's a, about a third of charismatic leadership is that sort of natural, spontaneous ability and desire to engage people and your, you know, sort of a, the potential for to be an effective communicator. But about two-thirds of it, I think, is made and developed. And if you talk to charismatic leaders and you think about, I mean, the prototype is charismatic politicians or certain ca- very high charismatic CEOs, mm-hmm. uh, the Steve Jobs types, you'll find that they work very hard on their delivery. They work very hard on their uh, communication, on developing their relationship skills. So most charismatic leaders, you'll find, you know, they'll say, gosh, I wasn't always this way. Early on, people wouldn't have called me charismatic. So they work on it and they develop those skills. 
along those lines, you know, you talk about it being developed or maybe even being coached in a way, uh, whether it be at a place like yours or uh, however you go to a consultant type thing. I believe that there are some cases where you can just tell or feel that somebody, man, it seems like they were really coached into this. They, they don't feel that natural. Do you recognize that as being a part of this, that people may see that? And if they think someone's coached, that actually, you know, they kind of turn away from that as opposed to somebody who at least appears to have that natural charisma? Well, I think that that's one of the issues that we talk about a lot when it comes to leadership is this idea of we sometimes refer to as authenticity. Mm-hmm. Does it look authentic? You know, and I think that's really the issue. It isn't so much that, um, you know, is the person coached because we're all I mean, we're all taught to speak. We're all taught to, right. you know, public speaking uh, tricks and, and uh, you know, techniques and things like that. And so, you know, it's like anything. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, in sports or something, you don't uh, automatically become a great free throw shooter or whatever. You have to develop the techniques. But I think it's really about being authentic. So I think what uh, an individual has to think about when they're developing their their sort of charismatic ability or their communication skills is they need to think about, you know, how does this fit with who I am? Hmm. So I don't think you can, you know, if you're not a, a real people person, I don't think all of a sudden you can go around slapping people on the back and become the, you know, the life of the party or whatever. I think you have to go with what you really are, but how can you better express that and how can you better engage people with the personality and the, and the skills and the qualities that you have? So I think it's really about just being authentic. You know, as we talk about a lot of this stuff, people probably are trying to think about, okay, who who does this relate to? Who are we talking about that maybe are generally seen as having high charisma or, or, or not, whether they're a good leader or, you know, they don't have to be in this case. What kind of people do you point to um, as far as having that charisma in terms of being a leader? I mean, you did mention a couple. Do you bring up personal examples like that when you're teaching or, or when you guys are going through some of this stuff? When you talk about charismatic leaders, there are the, you know, sort of there's almost a consensus. And and think about it this way. Charisma is kind of a constructed term. So charisma in a lot of ways is in the eye of the beholder. Sure. So take, for example, uh, uh, President Obama. I think most people would say President Obama has, you know, reasonably strong charisma. Let's go, let's go actually back and say Bill Clinton. I think most people would agree that Bill Clinton has charisma. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a supporter of Bill Clinton, you think, <laughs> wow, he's charismatic, he's really terrific. If you weren't a supporter of, of Bill Clinton, you might call him, uh, you know, use the slick willy kind of terms, <laughs> he's too slick, he's phony, and all those kinds of things. So we got to remember that charisma, the, the potential to communicate effectively what I'm calling charisma is one thing, but how that's interpreted by other people and that makes up part of this whole idea of charisma. So some people might consider, you know, I consider my boss or a guy that I support to be charismatic. Another person might look at that same person and say, you know, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. So charisma is really about the leader. And when we talk about charismatic leadership, it's really about the leaders and the followers and how they connect. Right. I think that's, I think that's a perfect way to put it. With that, where do things like positivity, motivation, inspiration, those sorts of ideas, where do those come into play when you're talking about charisma? And I ask kind of in comparison to utilizing things like facts or logic to 
you know, to get people rallied around you and, and to understand where you're going with it. So wh- where's the balance there? Where does charisma fit in specifically? One of the things we know is that what we call positive affect is very important. So you almost can't be charismatic without having positive affect, without, you know, really expressing positive emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's going to follow a negative leader. And in the same way, we t- you talked about the verbal part. I mean, nobody's going to follow a pessimistic leader. They want optimism. They want all of that. And motivation and the ability to inspire and the ability to sort of see a vision and, and, and uh, convey that vision to others is really at the heart of what we think about in terms of charismatic leaders. So when we think about the charismatic leaders of social movements like Martin Luther King Jr., we think about his ability both with his nonverbal cues to be an effective speaker and really put the emotion into it, but it's also there in the words too. So the two things have to go together, his I, I have a dream speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of the, some of our research actually that we've done showed that charismatic leaders, as opposed to non-charismatic leaders, not only look different in terms of the positive affect, but they speak differently. So for example, they use what I call more picturesque speech. They use more metaphors, they use more analogies, you know, I have a dream, the bridge to the future, that kind of thing. On the other side of things a little bit, you know, when people think of charismatic, they do sometimes give those those negative thoughts in terms of, you know, maybe they're they're fear, fearless to a fault or a little brash, or you mentioned kind of the, the slick willy idea. Is there some truth to that in being charismatic, or are there ways that maybe charismatic leaders can use those thoughts in a positive way? And What's kind of your take on that? Yeah, it, I, I mean, think of it this way, that charisma, if we talk about it, is really this sort of set of abilities. People are partly born with them, uh, but really they're in a large part they're made and they're honed and they're developed, just like politicians develop their skills. They don't ought to, you know, somebody can't just immediately run for office and then just all of a sudden be there. They have to <laughs> learn how to, how to work the crowd, how to do public speaking mm-hmm. and you know, all that kind of stuff. So think of it this way. It's a set of skills, a set of abilities, a sort of an orientation, a motivation to inspire people. And just like any skills or abilities, they can be used for good purposes or they can be used for, you know, evil purposes. So we, you know, we think about for every uh, Martin Luther King Jr. or Gandhi, you know, we've got a Hitler or we've got a Mussolini or we've got another, you know, um, charismatic leader who's gone, you know, who's created more damage than good. Mm -hmm. So we often talk about the dark side of charisma. And just because you brought that up and it just kind of popped in my head, this idea of charisma, is that sometimes used, if you're talking about it in a negative way, I suppose, to circumvent logic, circumvent facts a little bit? And it could be in a positive way. Maybe the numbers are down, but you're trying to kind of rally the troops, so to speak. Uh, Does that sort of have that role in terms of um, maybe having people overlook those other factors? Yeah, I, I mean, it does in a lot of cases. I mean, and this is a case of, uh, you know, style over substance. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, though, remember, too, we got to bring the followers into this. So the followers have to sort of be willing to go along. So they've got to already feel positive about the leader. But right. what happens is they'll often sort of disengage their logic and their critical thinking. And they'll just sort of blindly follow. And that's where we get into the toxic leaders, the toxic charismatic leaders who lead, you know, the cults and get people to do things. And, you know, these, and, and all of, you know, the Hitler kind of idea of why did people follow Hitler? Well, they sort of disengaged and they just, you know, became intoxicated with the leader and um, just stepped in line and were unwilling to, um, to question them. 
So would you have any advice or tips to, you know, our, our leaders out there, whether it be in the workplace or, or wherever, to maybe safeguard against getting it to that point? Because it, it almost seems like positive or negative. That's not what a true leader would really want from his followers, right? Yeah, I think I think it's, you know, we can really, and probably someday we should talk about followership because I sure. think that people don't think about that very, very much. But it really is the responsibility of the followers to hold the leader accountable, to say, look, if we're going to follow you and we, we love your vision, we love your inspiration, your ability to, to get us, you know, moving and motivated and excited, but we really want need to see st- substance here. And so I think that, that followers really need to critically evaluate their leaders and say, you know, is this person really leading us where we should be going? Is this person telling us the truth or whatever? Or is this person, you know, all flash and no substance? I, I'll tell you about a study that we did years ago. We had people, well, this was a study on deception. And so we had people lying and telling the truth. And we found that people who had expressive abilities, who tended to be more charismatic, were actually better liars. Hmm. And a colleague of mine who's at uh, University of Massachusetts did this even with teenagers. And he found that socially skilled teenagers were more effective liars. And um, so what happens is, and we found out that really what was happening was people weren't sh- paying attention to the lie. They were paying attention to the style. And right. the person sort of seemed to be very fluid and they looked very honest, you know. And so people just disengaged their critical thinking and said, guy's got to be telling the truth. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He must be telling the truth. And I think that certainly makes sense. Uh, we can all probably put ourselves in a in a frame of mind or think a time, think about a time when that did happen to us, that we were completely fooled just because, as you said, you're, you're trusting the person and, and how they're portraying it. Back to the idea of charisma itself and, and just the different aspects of it. Where does timing come into play with charisma? How important is it? You know, the idea of saying the right things at the right time, where does that fall on the line? I think that that's very important when we talk about the idea of leaders of large organizations and large groups. So if, for example, if you're the CEO of a large company, and we can maybe use the Steve Jobs example, is you know launching the new product, it was always Steve Jobs up there, because, and, and it was very staged, mm-hmm. and there was concern given to all the details so that you're getting the maximum effect of both Steve Jobs' charisma but also, you know, selling the product and selling the Apple, you know, theme and the ideas of it. And so I think that, and that is true for politicians too. I mean, I think that you've got to say the right things in kind of the right context at the right time. And we see, often see, um, you know, failures to do that. So, you know, the person has kind of like a lot of energy or whatever, but they're just not saying anything that makes sense or anything that's, that sort of fits the situation. And so you can get in trouble. So I think that when we talk about charisma, we need to think about three things. We need to think about the quality of the, the leader, the qual- what the leader is doing uh, in terms of their ability to communicate. We need to think about how the followers are receiving it. And then we need to think about the situation. Is it appropriate? It, you know, does all this fit in the situation? So mm. if we talk about an inspirational, charismatic leader, you've got to be talking to the right followers. And the time has to be ripe. It has to be ready for the change, for the for the movement forward. So let's say you can, you touched on a little bit there. Somebody's in a position of leadership, whether it be just a, a manager. You mentioned like a CEO of a company. Is there 
a way to determine or maybe just from your sort of experience and expertise that, I mean, would you prefer a leader that has a lot of knowledge and experience and ability and doesn't necessarily portray that that charisma? Is that still more valued over someone who has that sort of, you know, easygoing, able to connect with people, but maybe doesn't have that experience or, or as much of the skills that you would think are involved. And I think a lot of this comes up in, in politics, of course. What experience yeah. do you have versus how, how good do you look or how well do you portray these ideas? Is there more of a value one way or another? I mean, coming from someone who's, you know, teaching sort of these values and what's important. Yeah, I think, I think you see that a lot, a lot. I mean, I think this issue of experience and a lot of times people are, particularly in politics, they're giving more attention to charisma and style than they are to the experience, you know, the experience, the background qualities. Mm-hmm. And really in our leaders, I think we want all of that, you know. You know, I'm not, I don't want to sort of dump on Sarah Palin, but I mean, I mean, basically, essentially, Sarah Palin had charisma, and there's no doubt there were a lot of people thought that she had charisma. She had sort of a style, a kind of a, you know, whether people thought that was, you know, kind of maybe a little over the top or too smarmy or whatever, but she definitely could, you know, could communicate, could stand up there, engage people, mm-hmm. had a lot of positive affect and all that, but not a lot of political experience, and so I think when we're you know, talking about a, a sort of national leader or world leader, really want to take both of those into account. And I think that becomes even more important when you talk about the business world, is you've got to have confidence. You've got to have experience. You know, years ago, I was asked to write a, an article or an assessment of how is choosing a CEO and choosing a, a president the same or, or different? Mm. And what I came up with was the conclusion that in, that politics and business are almost completely different when it comes to talk, <laughs> to selecting a, a top level level leader because we want CEOs who have competence and experience first, but with politicians we often look at you know sort of appeal mm-hmm. and and the experience becomes a secondary factor. And so I basically made the argument that that uh, you know in the what 2000 two, and 2000. Well, 2000 election that Al Gore was way more experienced than than George W. Bush, but obviously you know it went the other way, and you find many examples of that in politics. Sure. I mean, President Obama was not particularly experienced when he ran for you know first time. So often, uh, charisma, style, substance, and appeal trumps experience in politics. Less likely to happen in business. And I wonder, does that have anything to do with the idea that obviously? We are voting on that. People are are actually choosing the leader as opposed to, you know, when it's CEO of a company, it's it's a board of of individuals. It's not all the employees making the selection. You think that plays a big role in it? Yeah, absolutely. But I think the other thing, too, is think about it. We're looking at the resume first when we're hiring, you know. And in politics, do we even look at the resume? <laughs> you know, I mean, do people even know what the what the experience of the politicians are? It's it's much more a popularity contest than it is a a real sort of hiring kind of evaluation. Mm-hmm. And not that it, hiring we don't get, uh, uh, you know, uh, dazzled by a person's oh, charisma. Sure. And you know, I mean, so clearly that plays a part. But it's less likely to play a part just simply because we're thinking experience qualifications first style and substance second, mm-hmm. as opposed to, I think, in politics, it's the other way around. So when we kind of bring it back to the the office setting, so to speak, or the business world, and, and maybe, you know, we're, we're talking to people who are leaders. Now, in essence, everybody can be a leader, but, you know, you think of your managers, your, your upper level type uh, people. 
When it comes to that, do you have general advice regarding their charisma, whether it be trying to develop it to a certain extent or even scaling it back? Is there some sort of sweet spot or something that could apply in terms of guidance or tips for, for leaders or, or potential leaders out there? Well, I think there's a couple of things that, you know, that are important and, and one thing that we didn't really maybe touch on enough. I mean, one is we think about charisma as term, in terms of kind of the public persona. Right. So how does the leader look when he or she is standing up and rallying the troops, giving a speech, making a presentation, those kinds of things. But another element of charisma is that ability to engage people and to develop a sort of strong, meaningful interpersonal relationship with people. And that's the part of charisma that I think often gets overlooked. We think more of the, you know, the sort of big public display. Mm -hmm. But the great charismatic leaders, you'll often hear people who met, you know, John F. Kennedy or met um, Bill Clinton. And they'll say, when you're one-on-one with that person, you feel like you're the only person in the room. Well, why? Because they have an ability to focus. They have an ability to listen. We don't think about this, but authentic charismatic leaders have to be good listeners because they have to be able to know what their followers need in order to inspire them and motivate them. And so I think we often give more attention to the flash and not enough to the skill of connecting with people at a personal level. So I think what we really want out of charismatic leaders is not just the ability to stand up and inspire, but the ability to connect with each individual and get the best out of each individual. And and that's also a part of charisma. You know, and, and we're getting a little long time, but because you brought that up, and I think it is important, I didn't want to just delve into that just briefly. In terms of that, you know, maybe it's more of a, a personal connection that they're making, and you give the idea of the one-on-one. Why is that important? Why is that effective? How does that instill um, even more followership and a stronger sense of, of commitment from from the followers if a leader is able to do that? Well, think of it this way. Leadership, I mean, there's a lot of ways to define leadership and look at leadership, but leadership can be seen essentially as a relationship, a relationship between leaders and followers. Leader can't do anything by himself or herself, needs to engage the followers. And the best way to engage followers and to really get them committed is to establish a good, authentic, clear communication line. It's the same thing in any of our interpersonal relationships. You know, we want to feel good about the person. We want to connect with them both emotionally and intellectually so that we're on the same page, that our ideas are aligned, our feelings are aligned, um, we, our direction is all aligned. And so that's really the key to effective leadership. And so, so that's why I say that charisma really is the ability to communicate because the flash part is only the tip of the iceberg. Mm. The real, you know, what's below the surface is this ability to connect with people and ability to work those relationships in a positive way so that you can get followers working together and working forward for the purpose of the organization or the business. And with that, I think we will wrap things up here on Moving Up the Ladder, a, a nice little bow on that uh, subject. Please take a look around and see if your leaders have charisma and how it maybe affects you or others or even what sort of charisma you might possess. Our expert on the topic of leadership is Ron Riggio from the Kravis Leadership Institute at Claremont McKenna College. Ron, where can people find out about you and your work? Well, they can go to my blog, which is on psychologytoday.com. Years and years ago, I wrote a book uh, called The Charisma Quotient that talked about uh, this basic model. And so they might actually be able to pick up a used copy. It's out of print, but might be able to pick it up for a few bucks. 
Uh, and there's some interesting work out there on on charisma. A lot of it too is has been has morphed into what's called transformational leadership. So transformational leadership is one of the new names for charismatic leadership. Right, great. Well, thanks again for joining us and giving us your perspective on this. Okay. Thank you, Tim. Of course, it's always great to hear from all of you listeners as well. So please drop us an email with comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all of your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio. <laughs>